0: I hope that you'll turn with me in a Bible to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, as we look together at verses 18 to 25. We are hitting the pause button on our journey through 2 Samuel, and we are fast-forwarding about 1,000 years into the future here to the story of Joseph and the birth of Jesus. And while the setting is very different, we are still within the house of David under very different circumstances. We go from the high and mighty palaces of David, a place of power, a place of influence, within Israel to a low place, an overlooked place, the town of Nazareth. And that's fitting because that's where real peace is to be found in the year 2020 and in the year 2021, etc. That's where real peace is to be found, not in the headlines, not in the places of power and influence. Because if you look there, what you'll see, at least in this year, is a fixation on finding a vaccine, a safe and effective vaccine for this pandemic and We're all hoping and longing and praying for that day. But we need to remember this. You can have a safe and effective vaccine and still not have peace in your life. And I don't know exactly what challenges or what adversity the year 2021 might have, but I know there will be adversity, there will be challenges. We pray it's not a pandemic, we pray it's not 2020, but there will be challenges, right? And so if we're to have real peace, real and lasting peace, we need to know where to look. And we need to expect that in this world, Jesus told us this, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have trouble. And so what I believe the Holy Spirit is showing us here in this scripture is that the peace God promises His people is not the absence of trouble, but the presence of blessings that can outweigh any trouble. We're going to have trouble. We're going to have hardship. We're going to have adversity. There's no escaping that in this world, in this life. But this is a God who has promised to give peace. In the form of blessings, that can outweigh any trouble. So let's see what those blessings are as we read together. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit, and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. The first blessing that we see in these verses is that the blessing of God's wisdom, God's wisdom, can outweigh disappointment. The blessing of God's wisdom can outweigh disappointment. Let's look at Joseph's disappointment here. He's pledged to be married to Mary. And in this day and time, an engagement was not understood in the same way that we understand an engagement now. This kind of engagement was legally binding, legally binding. And while now we would consider any kind of unfaithfulness during an engagement period to be wrong and immoral, in this day and time, this is full-on adultery. You have broken your promise to the one you are promised to. And Joseph realizes that the one he has promised himself to and the one that has been promised to him is pregnant, and he knows he is not the father. So there can only be one explanation. Mary has been unfaithful. That's the only reasonable explanation, right? That's what he thinks. Imagine the disappointment if you were in Joseph's shoes. You know what your plans are, you know what your dreams are, your hopes. You have all this mapped out, and how could she do this? The hurt, the betrayal, all of that is swirling around his mind. What do I do? Well, we're told that he was faithful to the law. He was a righteous man. And as a righteous man, he knows that to marry Mary at this point would be to bring him into her sin, He would be committing adultery too. So he can't do that. He can't do that. But as a righteous man, he also is compassionate. He has mercy on her. And he doesn't want to expose her to shame. He doesn't want her to be shunned by her family, by others. So he he tries to think, what is a way out of this dilemma? And he decides, well... The way out of this would be to release her, to divorce her quietly, in secret. We don't need to make a fuss about it, but I can't marry her, and I I don't want her to be hurt. I love her that much, so he decides this is the best course of action. That's the way out of this disappointment, he thinks. But after he'd made up his mind that this is the way out, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph... Son of David, don't miss the Son of David language, which links this story to the genealogy that Matthew has just provided, where he shows how Jesus is the promised King, the promised Messiah, the promised Christ, the anointed one who comes to reign upon David's throne. In this very family, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She has not been unfaithful. God has done a miraculous, extraordinary thing in her life. And Joseph, you have a role to play in this story. Now, you'll notice he doesn't ask any questions. But this would have made as much sense to him then as it makes to us now. We need to be very clear about that. It's not like, oh, of course. (laughs) Of course, that makes total sense. She's pregnant from the Holy Spirit. Right, we get that. No, this, this is not something that people were looking for. This is not something that people were expecting, which points to the historicity, the historical reality of this. You wouldn't make something like this up. Some say, well, he just made this up to show how it's fulfilling scripture. No. The early Christians believed this, and then they go back and they read their Bible, and they see how God was saying more through the prophets than the prophets even realized themselves. And that's the sense in which this is a fulfillment. And so the answer for Joseph is not, look, Joseph, here's how it all fits together. Here's how you can see the full puzzle laid out, and it all makes perfect sense. That's not God's answer. God's answer to Joseph is, Joseph, I'm doing something extraordinary. I'm doing something miraculous. And it doesn't have to make sense in you. There is an answer. But it may not be the answer you're looking for, and it may not be an answer that will make sense to you or to anyone else around you, but there is an answer, and that answer rests in the sovereign wisdom of God, this God who delights in confounding the world's wisdom and what the world looks at as wise, as we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 26, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. No one can get any credit for what happens here except the Lord. No one can boast. No one can be prideful. Only God can do something like this in the midst of Joseph's pain and disappointment. And so I ask you today, as you look back over 2020, it's almost over, believe it or not. As you look back over 2020, what has disappointed you? What has disappointed you? Where is their disappointment? Where is their hurt? Where is their pain? Where is there a burden that you are feeling about this year? Some of them are fairly superficial. We know we have plans. We wanted to travel here. We wanted to do this. We know those kinds of things happen, and that can happen in any year. But we know 2020 has been especially disruptive. But there are also burdens, there are also disappointments, there are also crumbled plans that really hurt. Health difficulties, financial difficulties, church difficulties, maybe even loss, death. I invite you to put those disappointments. Squarely in front of this scripture and allow God to say to you, my ways are not your ways. My ways are higher. My wisdom transcends your understanding and the understanding of this world. Can you rest in that place? Joseph was able to rest, not because it all made sense to him. Again, this would have made as much sense to him as it makes to us. A virgin birth? What? That's the answer? If God says it, trust him. There is an answer, even when it doesn't make perfect sense to us. God can make a way where there is no way. Amen? Trust him to do that. So wherever you have disappointment... Allow God's wisdom to outweigh that disappointment. Rest in the knowledge that God is God. He knows best. He knows best. He sees more, he knows more, and he can do more than we could ever possibly imagine. And then notice what else the angel tells him about this child. Verse 21 She will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. The next blessing revealed in this scripture is that God's salvation can outweigh sin. God's salvation can outweigh sin. The angel reveals to Joseph that what is happening in his life here in this Long-forgotten place, Nazareth, has implications for all the people, for all Israel. This child will be named Jesus, and that wasn't uncommon, that wasn't uncommon, because this is the name Joshua. The difference is that this child is going to be able to fulfill what that name symbolizes, namely, salvation. The meaning, of course, is Yahweh saves. God saves, and he will save his people from their sins. And it reminds us that no matter how hard this year has been and is and will be for us, our greatest need, your greatest need, my greatest need, pertains to our sin, The thing we don't want to talk about, the thing that we don't want to acknowledge, we want to blame it on the pandemic, blame it on a politician, blame it on an election, blame it on anybody or anything but what is lurking inside of you and me, namely rebellion against our creator, our desire to turn anything into God except the one true and living God. That's your story and my story. And there is no vaccine that can fix that problem. There is only one person and that person is the Lord Jesus Christ who came to be one of us, which is why He can save us. And yet, He is fully God, which is why He has the power to save us. He came... To live the perfect, righteous, holy life. The life that you have not lived and you will not live. And that no one else ever has lived or will live. And he came to give his life as a ransom, as an atonement. To pay a debt that you cannot pay and that I cannot pay. The debt we owe to a holy God for our sins. He came to be raised to new life so that through him... You can have eternal life. Life that does not end in the very presence of God. He will save His people. No one else, nothing else can do what He can do. So, as you look back over this year, and you think of things you should have done, you wish you'd done, things you should have said, things you wish you'd said, as well as things you did that you wish you could take back and words you wish you could take back. Know this, that there is nothing you have done, there is nothing that you have left undone that can tip the scales in light of what Jesus has done for you. Can you receive that? Because you will never have peace. You will never know peace in your life until you see Jesus as your Savior. Until you receive what only He can give you, the greatest gift that anyone could ever give. And if you receive that peace, if you can rest in that peace knowing Jesus has done for me what I could never do for myself, He has reconciled a sinner like me with a holy and righteous God. If you really believe that, then it doesn't matter what happens out there. It doesn't matter what happens in your life. You have that gift. And even if you die, even if you don't make it past 2020, you have the salvation that Jesus offers. Is that enough for you? It's available right now to all of us. Then we gain insight into why this happened. Verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. Remember this. While Joseph has an answer, and while To some extent, he's accepted this and he obeys. Remember, no one else is going to believe this. No one else is going to have this kind of revelation in the middle of the night that clarifies things for them. He has to marry Mary knowing the shame and the disrepute that this is going to bring their family into. Good luck telling everybody, no, it's okay, that baby's from the Holy Spirit. I know the timeline doesn't work out, but... Trust me, it's from the Holy Spirit. Yeah, good luck with that, right? He has to live with that, knowing what people are going to think, knowing what people are going to say, and he obeys. Imagine the loneliness of that. The loneliness of that. He knows, Mary knows, people in their family know, nobody else does. And so, remember this blessing. The blessing of God's presence, God's presence, Emmanuel, God with us, can outweigh loneliness. Can outweigh loneliness. No matter how lonely you feel, no matter how lonely you are in 2020, and this has been a lonely year, right? Some of us are more lonely than others. But to some extent, we are all limited right now. We miss gathering as a church. We miss uh, miss gathering with our small groups, our Sunday school classes as we would want to. We miss time with family, with friends. To some extent, we all have been affected by this. And it's lonely and it hurts. And we're ready to move on. But if you have Emmanuel, if you have God with us, you don't ever need to feel lonely. You have the presence of the Almighty God. And he has revealed himself in this sovereign and miraculous way. He's come to this young couple and revealed the fulfillment of what the Lord had said through the prophet. Notice a few things about verse 22. It's very carefully worded took place to fulfill what, who said? The Lord said. And how did the Lord say it? Through the prophet. That is, the prophet Isaiah. And then he goes on to cite Isaiah 7, verse 14. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, some have said, see, Matthew's just ripping this verse out of context, right? Right? Isaiah didn't have any idea of this. This isn't what Isaiah was thinking about. He was writing during the days of King Ahaz. He was writing when Israel was was under attack from nations like the Assyrians. This doesn't have anything to do with Jesus coming in the middle of this time. Matthew has been flippant with Scripture. He's just read it out of context. He's read it against the grain of its original context. Here's why that doesn't hold water. Matthew's very clear. The Lord said through the prophet. Ultimately, Scripture is God's word, and he speaks through human authors, using their personalities, using their style, ultimately to communicate what he wants to say to his people. And that means God can and does say more through his prophets and through the writers of Scripture than they themselves realize when they write. And if you go back and read the context of Isaiah 7, 8, 9, what you're going to find is that, yes, we can see some fulfillment here in the days of King Ahaz, but there are are overtones here, messianic overtones that just... Don't find any fulfillment in anyone but Jesus. How do you make sense of, for example, Isaiah 9, verse 6? For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the greatness of his government and peace. There will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Someone please tell me when that was fulfilled. Someone please tell me if Isaiah had that in mind in his own day and time. No, this is all looking beyond his day and time. And we can see because of the work of the Holy Spirit working in Joseph and working in the gospel writer Matthew that it reaches its ultimate fulfillment in Jesus. It's all pointing to him. And oh, the good news is so good. This is not just another king. This is not just another prophet. This is not just another politician. This is not just another leader. This is God himself in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. This is a God who has chosen not to just pluck us out of our problems, but to enter into our trouble with us. To suffer with us and for us. And that means God's presence in your pain, in your hurt, in your disappointment, in your loneliness can transcend any burden. So I ask you this question What is your burden today? We all have a burden. We all have something that we're wanting clarity on. We need some guidance around. Something we haven't quite gotten over because we're still hurting from that. We're still reeling from that. We all have burdens. You got that? Can you see that clearly? And I want you to put that burden or those burdens on the scale, lay it on the scale, feel the scale drop on that side, and you think, I can't hold this anymore, I can't carry this anymore, and then I want you to take the blessings of this scripture, the blessings of this scripture, God's wisdom, his sovereign, mysterious wisdom, God's salvation to save sinners like you and like me. God's presence with his people, Emmanuel. Drop that on the other side of the scale. Can you feel his blessings outweighing your burdens today? I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit working in your heart and in your life right now, his blessings would totally outweigh your burdens And that you would be grateful, eternally grateful, and that you, like Joseph, would live in obedience to what he has commanded you, both in 2020 and into 2021, and as long as the Lord gives you breath, he is good, he is faithful. Know your troubles will still be there, but his blessings can outweigh all of them. May that be true of you this Advent season. If you have any prayer concerns or ministry needs or if you have any decisions that you believe God is stirring inside of you, find me after the service. Email me if you're watching online. Receive the good news and the promises and the blessings of God. They're available today. Receive them.